Extreme ECW Livecast, and we are back, and we are covering ECW Hardcore TV episodes 126 through 129. That's September 19th through October 10th of 1995, and damn, that's a long span of time. September 19th through October 10th, 1995, and uh, we'll get into why it's such a long span. But I'm Mike Pru, along with JV, as always. Welcome back, BTT Army, BTT JV Goon Squad, JV. How you doing? I'm doing well, bro. I, th- I don't know about you, man, but the weather's nicer. <laughs> Finally. That's how we always kick it off. Do the hottest balls or it's like, all right, it's nice now. So we can talk and I'm about a it. Shit, I'm a person that thinks opening with weather is <laughs> Yeah, me terrible. too. I oh, do it all the time. Oh, we do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, the but, one uh, thing I was thinking is like, yeah, it's like 70 degrees after it being like nearly 100. But what I was going to kick off with instead of the weather was, oh, shit. This is one of the rare episodes that we get to record during the daylight. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that's true. It's not like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, we're not half asleep <laughs> doing yeah. this. So I did, Um, so last night we went out, and I don't know if it was the food or the drinks I had, and I didn't drink a lot, but my stomach has, was like brutal. Oh. Like, going to the bathroom all the time. Then I went golfing, and I thought I was going to have a scare on the golf course this morning. Oh, this morning you went? Yeah, I, went with Brian, I met Brian Tatone yep. at um, Wampanoag. Oh. We played there, but like I didn't really want to – it's not that I didn't want to go because I wanted to play, but my stomach was really like messed up, but I didn't want to blow him off either. Right. Yeah, so you like, can't break right. on my stomach hurts. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to play that. Like yeah. as much as it like, you know, it's obviously like – I'm like, man, I don't want to have to go. I had one scare on the course. I had to go to the bathroom in the woods, and then I was like, uh-oh. Did you shit in the woods? No, no. I did <laughs> a piss, but I was worried, you know? Like, could that start a chain reaction? Good. <laughs> but uh, it didn't, so I dodged a bullet there. Oh, man. Wampanoag, you had said you hadn't played yet, right? No, I have. I oh, have you have played. I haven't played yet. Was it swampy, or was everything dried out? It was all got... dried out. Not oh, nice. Yeah. That course is actually not bad when it's not. I haven't played it underwater yet because it's been a drought since, you know, <laughs> since I played there. But everyone's like, "Oh, everyone always says that." Like, yeah, early it's in the, the first season, thing it's I think like of. brutal, and it's like mad mosquitoes because it's so. Yeah. You know. Oof. Hey, you're lucky playing the fucking during the drought. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we got a big jam-packed episode, and I alluded to it in the opening: is that we are covering four weeks of ECW Hardcore TV. And the reason being is that we just covered Gangster's Paradise, the Supercard special, 
in much of what is on episodes 126 and 127, and even half of 128 from September 19th, 26th, and October 3rd, it's basically rehash of Gangsta's Paradise. So we're not going to sit and watch along to all the same stuff we've seen, but we don't want to leave you hanging on what happened and what was covered on that show. So we'll still go through the show, but we're not going to watch it. There's a couple of things that are new, which we definitely cover, and a couple of promos that we want to give you the audio so you can take a listen to that. A memorable one. A big time, historic one, I would say, is going to kick off the show. So that is one we'll play for you. But after we get through that, through that coverage, we'll pick up where it's new. New stuff. After Gangsta's Paradise. We'll watch along to that. So we're going to watch along to the second half of the October 3rd episode of Hardcore TV. And then we'll watch the full October 10th, 1995 episode. And uh, I, th- I think this is good for us. Because we've there's a few times in the past, over the past oh, three years we've been doing this. Where this is helping us catch up a little bit <laughs> with the weeks. <laughs> we're, we're moving ahead a couple weeks and uh, I think we need it because we're probably, you know, considering we started the show in May of 2019, and that was April 1993, and say, like, if we were to do, like, every two weeks, covering two episodes a week, we should be in, like, late 96 by now, <laughs> but we're in end of 95. So, so we're a little, little behind there. Yeah. So this helps us out a little bit, jumping ahead, <laughs> doing a month worth of episodes in one episode. But with that said, we want to still keep it the same length as always, so we're going to get fucking rolling on this shit. But before we do that, follow us on Twitter, at ExtremeCast. Follow me, Mike Pru at NPRU83. Follow JV at John Van Damage. And check out our other podcast, which is coming to an end very soon, but still many good things to come there. It's the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Give us a follow on Twitter at Bottom Line Cast. Upcoming on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, we're going to be starting a new special series covering stunning Steve Austin in WCW. And that'll be a new episode coming out this week. That's going to be nice. Yeah, that's fun. That one I'm looking forward to. That's going to be a nice change of pace. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I, I've been I've been doing the research and the work on it. And it's like, ah, I wanted that one to win because I wanted to do something different. And I was like, I want to research something different and Look up different matches and shit, and you know. Instead, I of just... selfishly voted for that one. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> I never vote on many of the polls, but after you brought it up last time, I was like, I'm voting on that one. Yeah, just switch things up, and I mean, you're gonna love it because you love that time period. So I'm sure a lot of other people want something different from the bottom line cast. We can't always just we can't give him back to back weeks, back to back to back weeks of the end of his career where he's just showing up, stunning people and drinking <laughs> <Yeah>. beer. <laughs> Special guest Stone Cold Steve Austin is basically. <laughs> it's where, that's where we're at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, check us out. It's the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. And as we said last time here on the Extreme ECW Livecast, we left off with Supercard Special 13, Gangsta's Paradise, covering September 16th of 1995. Also, we do have the free feed. You Patreon members at this time, you may have listened to those episodes already. But I know one of our listeners, Ryan Damon, and he's been a listener from day one of the Extreme ECW Livecast. And obviously still listening now. He said he, he's gone back to the free feed. He's starting over again. 
<laughs> to listen to the listen to the old episodes as they come up each week when they get released. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, those are, those episodes are a while back, so it's like a good refresher. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. So check it out. It's the Extremely Sylvie Livecast, wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> no, I, I should probably go back and listen to some of those, too. <laughs> <laughs> the point where we are right now, it's it's pretty good. It's 1994. 1994 wasn't bad at all. You know, so, I mean, you got to get through those 93 episodes, and then, you know, it's, really starts to get good with people that you know of. But the 93 episodes, that's a, there's a lot of funny shit there, too, with the kind of no-namers. <laughs> all right, so that's all there. We're going to get into this. Like I said, we're doing recaps first. No watch-along at this at this point. Okay, so we're going to kick off with ECW Hardcore TV, episode 126 from September 19th, 1995. If you want to watch this on Peacock, on the network, it's season three, episode thirty-eight, and this is the first of three Gangsters Paradise recap episodes. And we're gonna get right into it with a promo. And this is a classic promo. This is the Cactus Jack promo that is known as the Kane Dewey promo. You know, and at this point, Cactus Jack is fed up with the fans of ECW and you know their urge for hardcore, and he's given all he's got. He he was hardcore, and he's. He's sick of it because they don't appreciate it, and he gets really aggravated when one fan has a sign in the crowd that says Kane Dewey, referring to his little boy, young kid, and there's a sign in the ECW audience that says Kane Dewey. So this just further makes him mad at the hardcore audience, and it's great. So I'm gonna we're going to play the promo now. It's... A great one. It's a classic one. It's six and a half minutes, uh, well, nearly seven minutes. Take a listen to it, and then I'll just kind of break it down when we get back. More than anyone else in that ECW dressing room, Tommy Dreamer, maybe more than anybody else in the wrestling industry, you are willing to pay the price to sweat, to bleed, to suffer. You're willing to bear that cross, and I say, Tommy, don't do it! Because you see, in order to sacrifice and bear that cross for them, it means I've got to suffer too, and I'm telling you from the voice of experience that they're not worth it, Tommy. They're not worth it! You see, you've got the choice, not me! I made my bed of nails, and now I've got no other choice but to be power-bombed on it. But you see, Tommy, the world is smiling at you. The wrestling business is smiling at you. And don't you frown back on it! I'm going to take you back to a very deciding point in my life. A time when I believed in something. A time when I thought that my face and my name meant a difference. Do you remember the night, Tommy Dreamer? Because it's embedded in my skull. It's embedded in my heart. And it's embedded in every nightmare that I will ever have again. As Terry Funk took a bottle and began slicing and dicing Cactus Jack. The pain was so much, Tommy, that I'll be honest with you, I wanted to say, I quit Terry Funk, I give. 
I waved the flag and I'm a coward. Please don't cut me anymore. When I saw my saving grace, you see, Tommy, I looked out into that audience, my adoring crowd, and I saw two simple words that changed my life. Cain Dewey. Somebody had taken the time and the effort and the thought to make a sign that said Cain Dewey. And I saw other people around as every moment in my life stopped and focused in on that sign. And the pain that shot through my bigotti became a distant memory. Replaced by the pain that will be embedded in my skull till my dying day. Cain Dewey. Cain Dewey. Dewey Foley is a three-year-old boy. You sick sons of bitches! You ripped out my heart! You took everything I believed in and you flushed it down the damn toilet! You flushed my heart! You flushed my soul! And now it sickens me to sit back and see other people making the same mistake! You see, Tommy Dreamer, I gotta listen to my little boy! Every day of my life, see, Daddy! I miss Atlanta, and I say it's too bad, son, because your dad traded in the Victorian house for a sweat box in Long Island. Your dad traded in a hundred thousand dollar contract, guaranteed money, insurance, respect, and the name on the dotted line of the greatest man in the world to work for a scumbag who operates out of a little pissant pawn shop in Philadelphia. You don't expect me to be bitter. Tommy, when you open up your heart, when you open up your soul, and it gets shit on, it tends to make Jack a very mean boy. And so I'm saying to you, before I take these aggressions out on you to look at your future and realize that the hardcore life is a lie, that these letters behind me are a blatant lie. That those fans who sit there and say, he's hardcore, he's hardcore, he's hardcore, wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire, you selfish son of a bitch. But I want you to understand, Tommy, and though he's hurt you time and time again deep in his heart, Raven wants you to understand that the hatred I have in here is not for you. No, no, far removed. You see, Tommy, I'm not doing this because I hate you. I love you, man. I only want the best for you, but when I hear that WCW called up your number and you say no, thank you. Well, it makes my blood run cold. 
as cold as that night in the ECW arena. And so I have got a moral obligation. You see, Tommy, I'm on the path of righteousness. And righteous men wield a lot of power. So if I've got to drag you by your face to that telephone call and dial collect and say hello, Eric, it's me, Cactus, and though I know I've burnt my bridge and I'll never be taken back with open arms, I've got a wrestler here who will gladly trade in his ECW shirt for a pair of green suspenders. And Tommy, just think of that sound in your ear when Uncle Eric says, Welcome home, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> Welcome home. <laughs> I love being right. All right, so Cactus cut that amazing promo, freaking great promo. And he's talking, at first, he's talking about how Tommy Dreamer being one of the only men in the back willing to bear the cross of violence. The innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer. Cactus tells him that, you know, don't do it for the people because they're not worth it, Tommy. They're not worth it. He <laughs> <laughs> says, you see, you got the choice. Not me. I made my bed of nails in there. They left no choice but for me to be powerbombed through it. What a line. I made my bed of nails and they left me no choice but to get powerbombed into it. <laughs> Cactus says that the wrestling world is smiling down on him. He's better not. He better not frown back at them. Cactus brings up a story from the past for Tommy. That's such a great line, too. Better not frown back on me. Yeah. Uh, he better not frown back to them. Right. They're all happy with him, and he better not shit on them. Yeah. You know? But he is. He's sick of them. What am I, a clown? Basically, that's what it is. I'm just a little clown to you guys. My life doesn't fucking matter, you know? I'm just going to dive through it's tables. And... <laughs> yeah, people bringing out, like, his real family and stuff. Right, right, and that's, like, the main point. It's like, I'm here to be the clown, but now you're going to bring my child into the story? No, fuck yeah. you. You know, that's pretty much what this promo is. He says, uh, Tommy, uh, a night that is embedded in my skull, my heart, and every nightmare, he brings up. Now, I'm kind of paraphrasing some of this, but he's talking about, you know, I have these nightmares, these dreams of all these things that happen. And one one situation was when Terry Funk broke a bottle on my head, and then he began slicing and dicing Cactus Jack, and the pain was so much, I just wanted to say, quit. I quit. And then he looked into the crowd, and he saw two simple words that changed his life. Kane Dewey said somebody had taken the time and effort in the thought to make a sign that said Kane Dewey. And I saw other people around, and the time stopped in my mind, and all the pain in my body became a distant memory. Kane Dewey? Kane Dewey. Dewey Foley is a three-year-old boy, you sick sons of bitches! <laughs> it's fucked up. But, you know, that's, that's what fans do. Fans say things that we think have, like, no... Right, no, no repercussions to our own life. Yeah. It's like, like we don't you. think these guys have any feelings. Like when you say about the opposing team's quarterback, you know, all sorts of crazy shit, and then you think it's like, wow, yeah, yeah, fuck you. Imagine hearing that. Like in yeah. this case, like his three-year-old kid getting taking a cane to like the face. Oh yeah, I it's mean we terrible. see it. 
right with like fo- football players, for instance, we see that shit a lot of times on Twitter or somebody like a football player will say something about, oh, I'm sorry I didn't do as well today. And then someone will bitch about it and then they'll go back and forth. They'll be dragged into it. Yeah. Yep. You know, and it's, and it's affected them. They're like, fuck, fuck this guy. Like, dude, we're people. I'm human too. <laughs> right. I'm just really good at X sport. <laughs> you know, like, but no, you're, you're mad at me because you didn't get the uh, the six points you needed for a touchdown to win your fantasy football <laughs> matchup or yeah. something. So you got to talk shit about me, my family. <laughs> so what I love about this promo is that how Mick Foley, the person, takes that and then uses it for his character. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. He's really, like, oh really shit, brilliant. that's that's perfect. You know that they he's probably like, thank you for having that sign because now I can fucking use that. <laughs> To further my hate for the fans. So he continues on. He said, you took everything. You ripped my heart out. You took everything I believed in. You flushed it down the damn toilet. You flushed out my heart. You flushed my soul. And now it sickens me to sit back and see other people making the same mistake. He says, you see Tommy Dreamer, I got to listen to my little boy say to him, say to me rather, I miss Atlanta. Because that's where he was when he was in WCW. They lived there. He says, now I have to say... It's too bad, son, because your dad turned in the Victorian house for a sweat box in Long Island. Your dad traded in a $100,000 contract, insurance, respect, in a name on a dotted line of the greatest man in the world. She's talking about Ted Turner. To work for a scumbag who operates out of a little peasant pawn shop in Philadelphia. In this case, he's referring to Todd Gordon, who owns the pawn shop in Philadelphia. That... In the early 93 episodes, they had commercials for his little pawn shop. says, Tommy, when you open up your heart and you open up your soul and it gets shit on, it tends to make Jack a really mean boy. So I'm saying to you, before I take these aggressions out on you, look at your future and realize that the hardcore life is a lie. These letters behind me, so I stand in front of the ECW banner, these letters behind me are a blatant lie. Those fans that say, he's hardcore, he's hardcore, he's hardcore, wouldn't piss on you if you're on fire, you selfish sons of bitches. <laughs> I, mean, I can't do it justice, but you know, you heard it already. It's fucking awesome. Caxi Stack then goes on to tell Tommy that Raven wants Tommy. So he brings it back to Raven because he almost forgot. You know, this is involving Raven too. So Cactus tells Tommy that Raven wants Tommy to understand that the hatred that Cactus Jack has is not because he hates Tommy. I love you, man. I want what's best for you. And when I find out that you get a call from WCW and you say, no, thank you. Well, that's going to make my blood on cold. So he's figuring, oh, one day you're going to want to go, you know, you're going to get the call to go to WCW and you say no. That's going to piss me off because you could have a good life, but you want to fucking be down here getting your ass beat every night. Cactus says that he has a moral obligation to save Tommy. Cactus says that he will call Eric Bischoff and force Eric to take Tommy because home, Tommy Dreamer. Welcome home, Tommy Dreamer. I love being right. So he wants him to go to WCW, but he has a feeling that he won't. He won't ever go because he believes in this hardcore shit. And it's going to ruin his life. He has a moral obligation to save Tommy. Man, what a promo. Shit. So that kicks off the show. (laughs) Yeah. And then you get the opening from there. All right, so we'll move on from there. Now we got the Dudley boys. And 
Joey announces that Big Dick Dudley, so this is breaking news after Gangster's Paradise, Big Dick Dudley has been hit by a truck, um, but the truck is in much worse shape. So they show footage of a burned down truck. It's like a, like a trash truck or something like that. So the truck's all fucked up. <laughs> and apparently Big Dick got hit by it. So Dudley Dudley says that Big Dick got reconstructive surgery. They show Big Dick's knee. It is legit messed up. He did get some kind of surgery. I don't know what actually did happen to him. He's probably in a car, car wreck or something. But he has 100 stitches, 37 staples, and pins. So, Rick Beebe, if you can uh, look into that, you know, research department head. I couldn't find anything, but I'm sure I'm sure you know something. So, if, if you have anything, put it out there on our Twitter, at ExtremeCast. And uh, <laughs> Big Dudley goes on to say, uh, no, actually, it was Dudley Dudley. He goes, you want to see the truck? So, they show, they show Big Dick all fucked up, and you want to see the truck? So, it's like that old, you know, that old thing where it's like, oh, yeah, you Look at me. Take a look at what the other guy looks like. You know, that whatever that <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah, line yeah. is. That, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the most common line. Yeah. Well, you it, should see the other guy. Yeah, you should see the other guy. What the fuck? Yeah. I do have to point out that Dudley Dudley, he has a creepy-ass voice, this guy. He's like, hey, I don't want it. Scary shit. So anyway, Big Dick, <laughs> he just mean mugs. He doesn't talk. He just mean mugs the screen. And this is going to give a only going to be for people that watch Better Call Saul Breaking Bad, but he mean mugs the screen like Hector Salamanca does. Just because that grunt. Looking like he's about to shit his pants. That kind of look. And now from there, we get a rebuttal from Tommy Dreamer. And he cuts a pretty damn good promo. Tommy Dreamer cuts a promo on the steps of someone's mother's basement. <laughs> that's that's what it is. It's like the, the camera shot is up basement, basement stairs. That's it. And you know, if the camera was a little higher, you'd probably see a fucking calendar hanging that says, like, oh, bring Timmy to baseball practice on Saturday or something. It's one of those types of deals. Oh, so, oh like, the the mother upstairs opened the door by accident. Oh, sorry, guys. I didn't know you were playing down here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you done, with your, you done with your little camera thing? <laughs> by the way, Tommy says that Cactus is lying to the people. Referring to uh, cactus. Now you forgot what you forgot what you got here. You got two houses, you got your beautiful wife, two kids, and that's all a result of being hardcore. Which is not a lie, right? Because cactus got noticed for being hardcore. That's why WCW signed him. In essence, hardcore is not just using chairs and tables; it's a whole style. It's about going out there and trying your hardest. So this is like <laughs> like a public announcement for ECW from Tommy Dreamer. Hardcore is not just using tables and chairs. It's about trying your hardest. <laughs> going full force. Tommy says that the fans of ECW, you know, they're saying thanks when they say he's hardcore. He's hardcore. That's thank you. Tommy says he's not going to let Cactus ruin all the hard work that they've been doing in ECW. Tommy says not everyone in ECW has been in the pay-per-view main event and had national exposure like Cactus Jack has. But damn it, we deserve it. So to hell with you. Everyone has a dark side. You don't want to see mine. Tommy mentions that whenever he has a chance, whenever he has the chance, he's going to go after Raven. So just like Cactus brought up Raven at the very end of his, 
Tommy had to do the same too. Like, oh shit, this is not about really Tommy and Cactus. It's also about Raven. <laughs> so let me throw Raven in there too. Whenever I have a chance at Raven, I'm going to get him. Cactus, I may not change your mind, but I'll die trying. Bang, bang. Good shit. And then great. seconds, and then seconds later. Rebuttal. Yeah, it's great rebuttal. But then seconds later, here, Meatloaf's ready. Meatloaf's ready. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole crew runs up the stairs and gets gets some fucking meatloaf. All right, so from there now, you get a highlight video package: Tommy Dreamer, Raven, Cactus Jack. That's quick. Dudley Boys get a second promo here, and on the screen it shows Dudley. It's not just a name. It's a way of life. So they got their own tagline now. Dudley Dudley is back with Sign Guy Dudley. And Dudley Dudley asks about how big Daddy Dudley once stomped, once made a stopover, rather, in Cheyenne, Oklahoma, at an Indian reservation. And being the man that he was, he had to take care of business. You know, Big Daddy Dudley was fucking all around the United States. So he made his way to Cheyenne, Oklahoma, and out came little D.W. Dudley, Dances with Dudley. <laughs> so this is the TV debut of Dances with Dudley. We saw him at Gangsta's Paradise, but this is the first time he's in a promo. So he comes out, and he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know, the typical old uh, Native American Native American thing. You know? But then he starts speaking Spanish. I mean, he's from Oklahoma, so I guess he'd speak Spanish. So he's speaking Spanish. No one knows what he's saying. Big Dick then smacks DW dances with Dudley with his crutch, basically telling him to shut the fuck up. And then <laughs> clips are shown of a match from Gangsta's Paradise against Donnie Allen and Chad Austin, which we covered last time. And then from there. You know they, what, though? I, I do want to say yeah. I really like the it's not just the name, it's a way of life. Yeah, that is a good line. Yeah, like, I'm surprised, like, Bubber and Devon. Didn't like bring that back. Oh, yeah. Well, they might have. I mean, I don't know. They might have been TNA for all I know. Yeah, I don't know for sure. But that's a cool like that is here. You know. Yeah, it's a good catch line. All right, so we get some clips of that Donnie Allen Chad Austin match with the Dudley's win, but then we get a full match, and obviously we're not going to go through this all. But for those of you that didn't check out the Gangsters Paradise episode, first off, you should. But I'll also just kind of give you a little. Rundown of what happened here in this match. It's the ECW Tag Team Championship match. This is probably the best match on Gangsta's Paradise. It's a double dog collar match. Two and a half. Two out of three falls match. Raven and Stevie Richards versus the Pitbulls. So first off, it's a great match. The entire match is shown here. Which is nice because instead of watching, say, Gangsta's Paradise on Peacock or the network, you can just go to this episode of Hardcore TV. And watch it. Instead of having to fast forward a bunch of Gangsta's Paradise stuff. You can just watch this episode and you get mainly this match. It's most of this episode. And you also get the great Cactus Jack promo. So definitely worth checking out rather than the whole Gangsta's Paradise show. So anyway, the Pipples win the tag team titles. This is great chaotic booking. Rick Beebe was high on this for so long and he was proven to be absolutely spot on. JV and I loved it. Nailed it. It, was it lived, awesome. definitely lived up to the hype. For sure. So you get a lot of crazy table spots in the first two falls. Both falls ended with table spots. You had double super bombs to the pit bulls. You had double DDTs to the Dudleys and Raven, along with Stevie. You get a super bomb to the Dudleys. 
Raven Raven's head slams into the table from a super bomb. Craziness. You had a Beulah and Francine calf fight during this match. Raven then DDTs Francine. Tommy Dreamer runs in and acts like he's the new tag team partner. <laughs> and they and they seemingly win the match, but uh uh-uh, because Bill Alfonso comes out and he gets his comeuppance later because he's trying to end this match and they no no choke slam that choke slam is now available because Big Dick goes out there and choke slams choke slams somebody so Bill Alfonso says that no it's fine because I've taken off the the ban but that allows for nine one one to come out. And give a nice big choke slam to Bill Alfonso, who's up there for like six seconds. And great match. Perfect storm. Craziness. I love Joey Styles' call of a super-duper bomb. It's a big super-duper bomb that ends the match. When everybody's on the shoulders of each other as they go slamming through the table. So, such a fun match. And that concludes episode 127 of ECW Hardcore TV. So we'll move on quickly now to September 26th of 1995. This is Season 3, Episode 39 on Peacock. And it's Part 2 out of 3 of Gangsta's Paradise. The show kicks off with highlights of the Pitbulls winning the ECW Tag Team titles. So again, <laughs> that's why we're not watching these. Because it would just be the same shit over and over again. Sprinkled in with some new stuff. So anyway, the show opens up with those highlights, and then we get a promo. So this is something a little new, and it's very short. It's the Pipples with Francine. So the Pipples cut a promo, and they say, We not only kicked your ass and took your titles, we took your babe. I feel like that's a good Pipple number one. We took your babe. (laughs) So anyway, Francine then gets her camera shot. She blows a kiss to Stevie. She goes, Mwah. see you, Stevie. So that's her debut, official debut as being with the Pitbulls. And she's what gonna, a bitch! And she's gonna be wearing, <laughs> and she's gonna be wearing some shiny clothes like the Pitbulls too. Some of that pleather. Love it. I'm looking forward to that. Where all, right. all the pleather? <laughs> yeah. Make sure there's some cleavage there. Yeah. By the way. So anyway, we got a new guy on the scene. So Joey Styles. You know, used to doing everything on his own. They they brought in some help. They bring in a former WWF employee, Lance Wright. So Lance Wright makes his debut, and he's going to be the interview guy now. So Lance Wright, like I said, previously worked for WWF, uh, just backstage kind of guy. And he's a young guy, too, so he's good for the camera. So he's out there, and he's going to interview Todd, Todd Gordon. And Lance announces that there's going to be a rematch for the tag team titles between the Pitbulls and... Raven and Stevie. And it's going to take place at the ECW Arena on October 7th, 1995. So that's what they're building up to, the next big show, October 7th, 95. And there's going to be two special guest referees. You're going to have Bill Afonso as a referee and Todd Gordon as a referee. And Todd Gordon says he's going to call the action right down the middle. It will be a winner and a loser. But then Bill Afonso runs out. He has a neck brace on, of course. I love that. He's got to sell... He's going to sell that big choke slam and try to get sympathy. So he runs out there with the neck brace, Bobby Heenan style. You know, speaking of losers, you're a big loser. Then Todd tells Bill that he's going to kick his butt. Of course, Todd Gordon would say that. I'm going to kick your butt. <laughs> I'm going to kick your butt if you don't get out of my face. So Alfonso calls him out for being someone that attacked a man 
had just gotten choke slammed by 911, and he now has neck problems. So Todd Gordon calls him a jerk and then just walks off. You can picture it. He just, yeah, jerk, and he walks off the set. <laughs> Lance Wright has a nice line. Just to wrap up the promo, he goes, nice bow tie. Referring to Bill Afonso with his little bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought of this after watching this. And we were talking about Bill Afonso. At some point in the last episode, I was thinking of like who he looked like. I think I said like Mo the bartender, maybe. Like Bill Afonso kind of looks like Mo the bartender a little bit. But then I was like, he looks like Mo the bartender. So I got another one. I'm gonna co- it's going to be a combo. Of what Bill Alfonso looks like and what it reminds me of. He's like, Bill, Bill Alfonso's like Mo from The Simpsons, the bartender, mixed with the character that Kramer played in Problem Child. <laughs> yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> the Kramer, Michael Richards. Yeah, Michael Richards. <laughs> yeah, pl- yeah, yeah. Played the villain in yeah. Problem Child, and he had the bow tie, <laughs> which is why the Problem Child ends up wearing the bow tie. Yep, yep. <laughs> it was like combining the two of them, you got Bill Alfonso. <laughs> that's a that's such a throwback. That's hilarious. I know. I'm so took, glad you brought that. It took forever to get there, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. So from there, we move on now to a promo between with Raven and Stevie. And Raven and Stevie cut this promo, which looks like it's probably right after the dog collar match because they're the sweatiest balls and they're just backstage. And Raven says the pit bulls. Gave them everything they had. And they're still standing. Even though they're not standing. They're sitting on their asses. <laughs> like tired as fuck. But we're still standing. Raven says the Pitbulls may have, may have the titles. But they needed the help of Tommy Dreamer. They needed Todd Gordon. They needed 911. That's all true. Pitbulls could have won without them. Without Dreamer. Without Gordon. Without 911. So it's a good point that Raven makes. Raven finishes it off of course. So it was written. And so it will come to pass. One one other group they forgot, though. Is how about all the help that Raven and Stevie got from the Dudleys? You don't mention that, of course. Which is a good heel move. You don't mention the help that you get. You just point out the help that everyone else got. <laughs> Stevie says the Pitbulls needed everyone's help. You know, you needed everyone's help. Stevie says that everyone in the ECW arena thinks he's a wussy. But he took a super-duper bomb, and he's still standing. Again, not standing. Laying down. Raven and Stevie promise that they will regain the tag team titles on October 7th. And it'll be a lumberjack match with only two lumberjacks. You're going to get Big Dick as a lumberjack and 911 as a lumberjack. That's pretty cool. I like that. It's a lumberjack match, Big Dick and 911. Whoever rolls out of the ring, they get tossed back in. Even though Big Dick is all fucked up, so I don't know how effective he's going to be. He's got like 100 stitches and 37 staples in his knee. So he's not going to do much. But interesting nonetheless. Now we get footage from JT Smith versus Hack Myers from Gangsta's Paradise. Just a quick recap here. Joey Styles mentions that JT Smith, JT Smith is now under the tutelage of Big Val Puccio. So he's learning from Big Val. And we know how this finishes up based on our coverage last week. JT Smith slips off the top rope in his new gimmick where he's going to do botches and the crowd's going to say, you fucked up, you fucked up, even though he didn't fuck up, he meant to do it. And we know he meant to do it because JT Smith was one of the smoothest workers 
throughout 93 and into 94. One of their top guys. Right. So we know this is all just a gimmick, and he's fucking up on purpose, which is a great gimmick. Uh, Hack Myers earns the win here by countout after J.T. Smith fell outside the ring, couldn't get back up. And now we get a promo from Tuco Scorpio. I almost, as a joke on JV, wanted to play this. <laughs> but it was only like 15 seconds. I was like, ah, I can't make him go through just recording this and putting this into the show for no reason. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Tuco gets in there. He goes, ha-ha, once, twice, three times a champion. <laughs> And then he goes on and says, Taz, the bottom line is, your ass is grass, and I'm going to smoke you. (laughs) (laughs) It was nice and short. And I was like, oof, perfect. Nice and short. But still, not enough for JV to go digging into the network to record a little clip. But if any promo is good, this is probably the best one from Tuco Scorpio. The bottom line is, your ass is grass, and I'm going to smoke it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me wonder sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, Joey Styles mentions that Tuco Scorpio brought in Saturn and Cronus, the Eliminators, and their manager, their new manager. It's the returning Jason, Jason Knight. And Jason would take the spot of Tuco Scorpio, who would then replace Mustafa in the main event. So that was the deal that was made. Tuco, you're needed elsewhere. To replace Mustafa in the main event. And Jason will replace you in this match. So we get highlights of Taz and the Steiners versus the Eliminators. And Jason from Gangsta's Paradise. This match is heavily clipped just like it was on the Supercard. So the footage is no different. Taz didn't really participate in this match much. Because he was still recovering from an injury. And based on the available footage that they show here. And on the Gangsta's Paradise video. It looks like a damn good match. It's just you don't get to see a whole lot of it. Jason earns the pinfall over Taz after Scorpio interfered with a kick to the back of the neck while referee John Finnegan was out for a moment. So Scorpio sneaks in, nails Taz, and Jason gets the pinfall. After that, we get a promo. Taz and the Steiner Brothers. So this is something new that we hadn't seen yet. So we have Rick trying to console Taz about his injured neck, but then Scott Steiner jumps in and is like, fuck that. Don't console him. He jumps in. He's like, Taz, you got to kick some ass. Forget about your neck. So this is like the earliest that we see of Scott Steiner being the Scott Steiner that we all know him to be today, where he's just like crazy. <laughs> so Scott, Scott Scott, just goes on a rampage. He starts talking randomly about having, you know, we need to have a feminine intergender, intergender championship match you know, between Goldust, Johnny B. Bad, Shawn Michaels. Saying that they're all like girls and <laughs> whatever. So, all the way back then, yeah. He's not PC. So, clips are shown from 1993 when Taz slammed Jason through a table, which I liked because they're bringing back the history of Taz and Jason. Taz says he, he knows. He knows Jason f- full well and he remembers him. Taz says that on October 7th, he will make Jason submit. And he's going to win. He's going to dedicate that win to the Steiners. So Scott jumps in again with another line. Beat him like we taught ya. <laughs> Jeez, that's a totally different Scott Steiner that I'm used to in 1995. That dude doesn't talk. And here he is running his mouth like crazy. We won't hear him talk like that again for a while until he's like Big Papa Pump. 
JV still in the house? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know I'm on a roll here. It's tough because I didn't watch any of this, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't know. But, I feel like I would just sound like I don't know what the fuck I'm like. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I fucking say like, lie. <laughs> so anyway, we move on. We get some highlights of Mikey Whipwreck beating the Sandman in a non-title match, which was from WrestlePalooza. Palooza. Palooza. No, I had to bring that up. And we've said this before about our accents, but every single time there's an A at something, why do we got to add an ER? And the ER yeah. turns into an A. Fucking, we should want to say Wrestlepalooza. I'm going to say Wrestlepalooza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was uh, a local thing like Aquapalooza. Aquapalooza. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's in like... Um, yeah, I didn't know about that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course everyone pronounces it with an ER. Palooza. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to Aquapalooza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in that recap, Mikey wins clean. The big upset against the ECW champion, the same man with the flying cross body off the top rope. But Mikey takes a beating afterwards. So we're already building up to, you know, Mikey getting some getting some wins over the Sandman, but not counting yet. Now we move on to this weird promo. Sandman and the woman. So, Sandman and the woman. The woman. <laughs> Sandman and the biatch. All right, so Sandman says that he's embarrassed and he's humiliated. And Mikey Whipwreck, do you think you're extreme enough to take this belt away from me? Do you think you're the boy to be the man enough to take my belt, Mikey? I think that's a pretty good Sandman. Um, but I love that line. Do you think you're the boy to be the man enough to take the belt? That's cool. Now, what woman has to say here is pretty fucking weird. Woman chimes in. You will never become the man that I can make you. You will never become the man that I can make you. She says it four times, like back to back. What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) You will never become the man that I can make you. What does that mean? Like she's going to bang Mikey and then he becomes a man? (laughs) Yeah, like... You're never going to fuck this because <laughs> I can make you a man, but you're never fucking this. <laughs> I guess that's what it means. You will never become the man that I can make you. Because once you hit this, you become a man. And, I, hey, I'm cool with that. So, anyway, we move on. And we got Lance Wright again. And he's going to talk to Beulah McGillicuddy. And he's hyping up her upcoming special segment that she's going to have called Beulah's Box. So Lance is, you know, about to hype up Mikey Whipwreck versus Sandman, but Beulah comes walking in and interrupts, and Lance is all worked up. He doesn't know how to behave in front of her. He doesn't know what to say. And it's not like he's a geeky-looking guy. He's, he's, I'd say he's a decent-looking guy, so he shouldn't have to worry. Yeah, He'd be like, be like, hey, fuck you. All right, Beulah, let's go. But no, he's acting like a nerd who can't be around Beulah. So Beulah puts her hands through Lance's hair. Lance loses focus, and he sends it right back to Joey. And uh, and Beulah, Beulah tells Lance, Oh, you did that so well. And then uh, it just reminded me of the old like SNL. I forgot what the group was. It's like Lonely Island, something like that. The Come in the Pants song, and he can't. And his yeah, pants. Lonely comes, Island. Lonely Island, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes in his pants, comes in his pants. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that is how it would be. 
And then we get a recap of another great match from Gangsta's Paradise. It's Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Psychosis. We said last time, it's a great match, revolutionary for the time. For most U.S. wrestling fans who haven't seen anybody like this, Rey Mysterio earns the win after Hurricane Rana. Both guys did a great job mixing the Lucha style with ECW Hardcore style that fans were used to there. And the fans gave a standing ovation. Crackhead guy got a high five from Rey Mysterio, so he loved that. You know, as I said last time, Paul Heyman brought them in as basically a replacement because they just lost Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit. They all went to WCW. I'm not sure if that's exactly true. Maybe they were coming in regardless. But it, the timing makes it seem like they were brought in for that reason. But I couldn't imagine them. Well, that would be crazy. Imagine them all there at once. Eddie, Dean, Benoit, Psychosis, Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I'll take over the company. All right, and then from there, now we get to the final segment, which if you checked out the Gangsta's Paradise episode, you heard this, but if you didn't check out that, we wanted to play it for you anyway. It's Stone Cold, or Stunning Steve Austin, and he makes his surprise debut in ECW. So take a listen to Steve-a-mania, and we'll be right back. We've got no cameras, but we, we've got one, we've got one. Grab, Charlie, grab your camera. So, great introduction of Steve Austin into ECW. He's just backstage randomly. We got shit going on between Public Enemy and New Jack backstage before their big main event match. And then out of nowhere, here comes Steve Austin, (laughs) dressed like Hulk Hogan. So, excellent. So, like I said, there's no way that we couldn't play this for you. Uh, Steve Austin, he's disgruntled, and he's fed up with WCW and how they dealt with him. Uh, he was just released from them. He he got injured on a Japan tour, and he hadn't been working for a while. And he notoriously 
was fired via FedEx, was terminated. That's not exactly the truth. I mean, it did happen. He did get a letter saying he was terminated, but it happened because he didn't take Eric Bischoff's phone calls for, like, weeks. Yeah, which is insulting. Right, and Eric Bischoff had nothing else to do other than, all right, well, if I can't talk to you, then... Well, here's your fucking papers. <laughs> like, I gotta, I gotta inform you somehow. Oh, well, here it is. So he sent the FedEx to him, and then you know Austin was fired, and Austin was stubborn. He didn't want to talk to him, and you know Paul Heyman comes about and says, "Oh, you're injured, but you can talk, right? So here your grievances here on ECW. Yeah, and maybe we can help you get a deal with WWF. So that's what happened there." So, love that, love that promo, and there's going to be more to come, so I'm looking forward to it. We're going to get a couple months here of Austin and ECW, so I'm looking forward to that. And we're going to jump ahead to the October 3rd, 1995 episode. It's ECW Hardcore TV, episode 128, and the first half of it is going to be a little bit more recap of Gangsta's Paradise, then we'll get into new, some new stuff in the second half of this episode. All right, so opening promo. It's more hyping of Beulah's box. And believe me, you don't have to hype Beulah's box from me. But some people out there maybe needed it. So Beulah kicks off the show and introduces herself. She's Beulah McGillicuddy and says that in the upcoming weeks, she's going to have her very own segment and she will answer any questions that anyone may have. So it's like a mailbox segment. Yep. She goes, I will read all of your mail and answer all of your questions on Beulah's box because I'm Beulah. And my box is always open. (laughs) Damn. Hot damn. My box is always open. Love it. (laughs) All right. So from there now we we get the main event match from Gangsta's Paradise. We get the Gangsta's Paradise cage match. Public enemy Mikey Whipwreck versus the Sandman. Tuco Scorpio is replacing Mustafa Saeed. And, of course, New Jack. Crazy match off the wall. I mean, you can't really get more into it than that. There is a crazy three-table spot off the top of the cage with Rocco and Scorpio. That was nuts. Then Mikey Whipwreck finishes off this match. He gets the pinfall again on Sandman. He does the superfly splash from the top of the cage, just like Jimmy Snooker did to Don Morocco. So, great finish there. Like I said, Mikey gets the win again. So, we're building more into that. Mikey challenging Sandman for the championship. So that's what we'll get into soon. Right after that, we get some highlight video package of Public Enemy and the Gangsters, their whole rivalry over the course of the past couple of months. And then we're going to now get into our watch-along portion of the show. So we're going to get you set up with a timestamp. Again, it's October 3rd, 1995. If you're watching along with us, these episodes are available on the BTT Drive. If you don't have access to it yet, send an email over to bookingtheterritory at gmail.com and ask Mike Mills for our access to it. As long as you are a Patreon member, you'll get hooked up with that. So that episode is there, and we're going to start watching at the 31-34 minute mark. And we're going to watch the rest of the show, which is about 18 minutes. Again, October 3rd, 1995. If you're watching on Peacock... It's going to be close. I think it's like 10 seconds off on Peacock. But you can find a way to figure out to watch along on Peacock. It's Season 3, Episode 40. All right, so we'll take a quick little break. And then we'll be back 
with the watch along portion of October 3rd, 1995. Alright, so if you're watching along, you should be ready to go at the 31-34 mark of ECW Hardcore TV, 128 from October 3rd, 1995. JV, you're all set to go? Yes. Alright, and you have a black screen right now? Yes, I do. Alright, so we just wrapped up a video package with Public Enemy and the Gangsters, and the Gangsters just walked off, walked off the screen and it faded to black. So if you're watching along with the BTT Drive version... You should have all black right now. I'll give a countdown, three down to one, then say play. When I say play, we'll click play. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. This is Jason. Oh, oh Jason. This is Jason. All right, it's been a while. Oh, he's not talking. Oh, damn. All right, so it's Jason and the Eliminators. Oh, Jason is talking. Let's take a listen. It's been a while. Yeah. I will ask you one question. <laughs> How do you like my suit? That's a nice hey, it's cool, man. Look at that. Nice. Same gimmick. Nothing's changed. Coming up on this very program. Eliminators look like <laughs> another knockoff like Road Warriors Mad Max tag team. Yeah. Steve Austin makes his presence felt. There's Joey. Steve Austin makes his presence felt. Regarding the young man we're about to hear from right now, standing by, Tommy Dreamer, with my broadcast colleague, Lance Wright. All right, what do we got here? There's Lance Wright with Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer is just a regular guy. Tommy Dreamer is just a regular guy. But they keep pushing me and pushing me. Too cold, Scorpio. You made it personal when you hurt my friend's neck. I was the one who took him to a hospital, and I had my revenge, and I had your TV title. And just like everything in my life, it was taken away by Raven and Cactus Jack. Cactus, I got to hear about you giving the best interviews of your life. Yes. But I know what you want. You want sympathy. Well, you're not going to get any. Raven, call your dog off. Cause I don't want to hurt him. And if you want to be hardcore and match me for hardcore for hardcore, and you want your my soul, well, I want your life. Bang, bang. Oh, that was, that was Lance's throat. <laughs> that was cool. All right, so we're gonna get footage now from the Sportsland Cafe, in Middletown, New York. And we get the return of Steve Austin. All right, we want to hear this for sure. Steve Austin coming out to his Jesus Christ Superstar music. <laughs> which we're going to have at the end of this episode. <laughs> nice. I never noticed there was a singing part at the end of the opening. But we'll play that. <laughs> I never really checked out the musical that it's from. It's a cool venue. I love it when it's in a bar like this. Yeah. Steve Austin in the ring with Sandman, Woman, and Mikey Whipwreck. So this is happening prior to the match between Sandman and Mikey Whipwreck. 
Austin and Sandman are staring each other down. All right, time to shut up because Austin's got the mic. to be here world championship wrestling wouldn't take a in this building much less book a damn wrestling match here the fact of the matter is i appreciate the fact you had to whip somebody's ass you had to kick somebody's ass not lick it to get a damn championship belt down in Atlanta you couldn't get because I didn't operate the right way I'm not out here to start any with you son but let me tell you right now your name's not Hogan I came out here to wish you a good match but your name's not Hogan so I can whip your ass good luck <laughs> He's fucking stone cold already. Right? Yeah, this is stone cold. This is stone cold <laughs> with long blonde hair. <laughs> You're a man whose reputation precedes himself. Anytime, anywhere, I'm the extreme heavyweight champion. If you want it, come on and get it. Good luck, champ. Good luck. Come here. I was going to shit on Mikey. You're a hell of a kid, but I ain't gonna shake your damn hand because you don't deserve to be in the same ring or building with Steve Austin. You're a good kid. <laughs> you don't deserve to be in the same ring, but you're a good kid, though. You're good. Oh, that's awesome. What a time. Austin with the Sandman. <laughs> this is it's Stone Cold. It is. I kind of wish. I kind of wish we got him like this. It's funny. <laughs> I mean, more badass with the bald head and goatee, but oh yeah, cocky, for sure. Fucking hair like that. <laughs> so good. All right, now so now we come right into a match. We get a Mikey Rana to Sandman, followed by a super kick. Sandman rolls out of the ring. Now this is a championship match. So Mikey's getting his title shot here. Mikey still has his hair and braids from his match with Public Enemy at Gangsta's Paradise. So this was uh, taped on September 23rd, 1995. It's airing here October 3rd. So very soon after, the week after Gangsta's Paradise. The tape. Oh, look. We got a ladder underneath the ring like it's... No? Oof. That's that? a taller ladder than usual, though. That's huge. That yeah. yeah. That was giant. My audio is so high, I forgot to turn it down. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do I have to speak louder? <laughs> wow! Hurricane Rana off the ladder. That was cool. Good spot. <laughs> he, take, he doesn't even take the fall off the ring apron right. <laughs> Everything looks like it's legit. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's not smooth. Holy shit. This this should have been a lot of match. Same man just basically did a bulldog to the ladder onto Mikey off the top rope. Crowd's loving it. 
I love when they go somewhere other than ECW Arena and you get the crowd chanting ECW because they just couldn't wait for it to happen where they live. Oh my god. He's going to do a leg drop. Sandman is swinging on something on the building. Oof. He climbed up the ladder. He grabbed like, I don't know what the fuck you would call it. Like a bar that's just at the top of the roof. And swings on it a couple times and drops a leg drop onto Mikey. Awesome. Well, this is how you help promote the, the product outside of your fan base. Or your home base. <laughs> Holy oh. shit. Back and forth. Look at oh. the optics of this place. Look around this building, JV. It's like a warehouse. Yeah, it's awesome. I think it's really cool. No, it looks cool. It's like industrial. Yeah, yeah. Probably a cool bar. Probably violating some codes. <laughs> Another Franken-Mikey, or Mikey-Rana, as I like to call him. Uh, Mikey-Rana's better. <laughs> yeah, you had a Frankenstein, and you can't keep using Franken. All right, so Mikey set up the top rope with the ladder. Looks like he's going for that spot from WrestleMania. He misses. He goes for that Shawn Michaels spot where he rides the ladder. But he fell. And maybe I missed it, but did woman hit him with the... I think woman may have hit him with the cane. Cane, I think so. I think off camera. And then he fell and missed. And then Sandman gets the pin. Oh, she looks good. So once again, woman is the champion. She saved the day. Retains the title. But Mikey's still fighting back after this match. Fuck that. He takes Sandman's cane. Jumps off the top rope and nails him in the head. Wow. Mikey is fighting back. Alright, so now Joey cuts to a promo of Cactus Jack and... Let's hear it. It's going to be a long one, I think. Out on this show a few weeks ago, because I get a little emotional when I talk about wrestling, because wrestling's been my livelihood for the past 10 years. It's enabled me to live out my childhood dream. So for me to come out on a show such as the ECW television program and Bad Mouth, the wrestlers there, well, <clears throat> I'm sorry. But I think in order to understand what's going around my head and going through it, you have to understand where I came from and what my goals were when I got into wrestling. See, back in 1985, there was a program on 2020 that, that, that challenged the wrestling industry, kind of portrayed it in a negative light. And Tommy, if you're listening, try to understand that I was about the world's biggest wrestling fan. And for me to stand in front of that television set and see people running down a business that I loved and held dear, even though I knew very little bit about it, to see my friends laughing at me, saying, that's what you want to get involved in. And that night I went to bed, not with visions of sugar plums dancing through my head, but of broken bones, of battered bodies, of bloodied corpses, saying to myself, if it's the last thing I do, if I have to hold myself up for a human sacrifice, the world will respect professional wrestling. 
Oh, and that dream came through. Yes, I've sacrificed myself for the past 10 years and left the better parts of my past lying on concrete floors from Africa to Asia to South America to right into the middle of the ECW arena. And what's it really done? Where have we really come to lying in a hospital bed in Munich, Germany, watching my ear being thrown out into a garbage can, not being able to take it on the trip back because I don't know the German word for formaldehyde. And having a nurse walk into my room, looking at that piece of my body that's laying in the bottom of the garbage and saying, this is all a Schauspiel. Which means it's all a big joke. Excuse me, I didn't know. Do you open up the lungs of a smoker and say, oh my golly, I thought smoking was supposed to be good for you. Do you open up Terry Funk's non-functioning liver and say, oh, I didn't know that four decades of heavy drinking took this kind of toll. So if they show that much respect to the patient, what made me any different? Because I was a wrestler, and professional wrestling will never be respected, no matter how many teeth I lose, no matter how many ears I lose, no matter how many brain cells have to die. And so it comes down to the point where it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. And Tommy Dreamer, you've got to start looking realistically at wrestling has a way to make a living, nothing more and nothing less. And as long as it's strictly business, well, you may as well be cuddled in the welcoming arms of world championship wrestling because ECW fans will be the best of you. You see, they realized, and they were smarter than any of us, that they rule ECW wrestling, not us. What happened, Tommy? You came back from all Japan wrestling with your trunks and your boots and said, by golly, I'm going to wrestle. Did, Daba, did Giant Baba hand you a dozen eggs and say, hit these on Jumbo Saruta's head? You're a disgrace to the profession, Tommy. You're becoming a damn fool. And I can't sit back there and take it because I've got a moral obligation. You see, when I survey the wasteland that is professional wrestling, Tommy, try to understand. I am but a failed experiment in human sociology, and I can accept that. But never in my sickest dreams did I imagine that there would be other people taking dives onto concrete floors, committing human suicide on my behalf. Like I'm the patron saint of the six sons of bitches. Is that all I stand for, Tommy? Is that all I stand for to sit in an arena where J.T. Smith lands head first on the concrete and hear the fans say, you f up. What f you? Who the hell do you think you are? We're not a wrestling organization anymore. We're the world's damn biggest puppet show. And I'll be damned. If I'm going to stand in that arena and let you call my match. One, two, three, jump. One, two, three, jump.
Well, not me, because I'm nobody's stooge. And Tommy Dreamer, if you had a little bit of pride or a little bit of common sense, you'd understand that those people don't love you. They laugh at you. You took the worst beatings the sport's ever seen, and they still laughed in your face. And I stood there with my arm around you six months ago and endorsed you, saying, he's hardcore. He's hardcore. Well, for that, I deserve to die a terrible, painful death, Tommy, because I feel responsible. And I go to bed at night, and I'm not sure where I'm going to spend my eternity. And you, Tommy... <laughs> my salvation because by delivering you to a better organization where you can be appreciated loved and held with just the littlest amount of respect in the Turner family then maybe there's a chance for me too so please Tommy for my sake think it over because a yes to Cactus Jack would mean a great deal to me and a no well I'd have to take that as you're putting a big okay stamp of approval on my eternal damnation I'm counting on you you little selfish don't make me hurt you, because I can. Don't make me do it, and if I do, as God is my witness, it won't be in front of those little scumbags at the ECW arena. It'll just be me and you, Tommy, and you don't know when it's coming, and you don't know where. So I wish you wish to damn me to the depths of hell. Answer my call and say, okay, Cactus, you win. I'll put on the suspenders. I'll groom that mustache. And I'll call Uncle Eric and say, count me in. Because not only would you be doing yourself a big favor, not only would you be helping your life, you'd be saving mine. You'd be saving mine. You'd be saving mine. Jesus. Damn, that was awesome. Another great promo. Man, this guy doesn't stop. Man, I love that line. You fucked up. You fucked up. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I like the, all he is is a failed experiment. Yeah. Man, this is loaded. This is a loaded promo. Just his mannerisms are awesome. It's like you're looking at him and it's... Yeah, you, how didn't people see this? Like, how didn't, like... Realize yeah. you can make big money off this guy. And, like, with him in front of a camera just talking. Paul Heyman, clearly. Yeah. Because he lets him do it. You're right. Same with Austin. Paul Heyman knew. Oh. Get you going to promos. He knows. Nobody else sees it. I mean, it comes through eventually when they get the opportunities. But even when Austin and Foley are brought in, they're not used that way right away. Oh, yeah, maybe Foley is a little bit because they give him his, his vignettes in the little fucking basement and shit. All creepy with the rat. Those are pretty good. Oh, fuck. 
This guy's on fire. Yeah, definitely uh, trending upwards. Gonna miss him <laughs> when he's gone. Yeah, I know. Was, I mean, That's what nice. kind of we see Austin. It's like, well, yeah, he's not gonna be here long. <laughs> yeah, he's not really sticking around. Yeah, neither. Well, mankind. At least we can say with Foley is that he's been around since '94. So we yeah. got over a year with him. Well, he's leaving soon in '96. Oh fuck! Great, good stuff there. Um, we're gonna take our music break. And uh, Jivy, was there anything to add before we take a little music break? No, nope. All right, so we'll take our break. Uh, we got a request from Frank Alves this week, and now this one is not really fitting of the time, but I thought it was a good one because he said it sounds like the opening ECW theme. And it does. This part of this song that sounds like it's the opening of the ECW music. Not the one that they're using at this time, but the one that we use for our show opening. And it's an Ozzy Osbourne song that definitely has the same riff okay. of, the, of the ECW opening. The song's called Perry Mason. It's a pretty damn good song anyway. So take a listen to it. It's from Frank Al's request. And we'll be right back with October 10th of 1995. Episode 129 of ECW Hardcore TV. Way to dinner 
we're back now for ECW Hardcore TV, episode 129 from October 10th of 1995, season 3, episode 41, if you're checking it out on Peacock or WWE Network. And if you're going to watch along with us here, then you should be using the BTT Drive in the ECW section, October 10th, 1995. We've got a runtime of 45 minutes, 44 seconds, and we're going to get right into it. And... You know, what we'll have here, just a little quick preview. We get some promos to start off the show. Great one from Steve Austin. So we're going to be laying out for basically the first six and a half, seven minutes as Steve Austin is going to cut a nice backstage promo. So we'll take a listen to that, and then we'll get into some other promos from Sandman, Taz, the Eliminators, the Steiners, more Beulah's Box. We're going to get a match between Taz and Jason. We get a match between Cactus Jack and a new man on the scene, El Porto Racano, <laughs> the Puerto Rican. <laughs> and then some promos from Two Cold Raven, Cactus Jack, and Tommy Dreamer. So that's what we'll be covering. Let's get right into it. JV, you all set, ready to go? Yes, I am. All right, I'll give a countdown three down to one. Then I'll say play. When I say play, we all click play. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. You know, a couple of weeks ago, when Eric Bischoff told his secretary to tell her secretary to leave a message on my answering machine for me to call Eric Bischoff, and then I called Eric Bischoff, and he proceeded to fire me over the phone, I thought a big cloud was lifted off the career of Steve Austin. Because gone were the days where I'd go up to someone and say, Hey, what about me and Sting? We got this big thing going. How about the cage? And someone says, No, baby, that's for somebody else. We're just going to keep you right where you're at right now. <laughs> Dusty. Well, then I said, Well, so how about me and Savage, man? I got this great idea, man. He comes in. He's got the Slim Jim deal. Well, hell, I got... No, Steve, that's for somebody else, baby. <laughs> then you go... I've got this great idea I can do it with Hulk Hogan. I'm going to be the Steve-O-Maniac, and we're going to take this thing all the way because Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania, was the biggest thing to ever come down to wrestling's pike. And they say, no, that's not for you, brother. You can't do that. We're going to keep you right where you are. I said, how about me and Brian get back together? The Hollywood Blondes, it was the best tag team to come along in 10 years. And they say, no, Steve, we need you in a singles role, man. We need you to do this. We're going to put the U.S. title on you, and then we're going to take you here. And then you're the number one contender, so then you got this world title shot. Well, all that shit never happened. So there I am, floundering along. There's nothing going my way because the politics in WCW kept the biggest potential superstar in wrestling on the damn ground. What are you supposed to do? On one hand, they're paying you a bunch of money. They're paying me a bunch of money. Well, on this hand, they're telling me, hey, Go out there and give Bagwell a hell of a match. Go out there with an 18-year-old German kid. Give him seven good minutes. Let the people see what he can do. They say you are what you eat. In WCW, they didn't feed me nothing but garbage. So I let myself become garbage. I became complacent. 
with everything that they said. As long as Big Ted kept sending in the checks, maybe I wasn't happy with what was going on, but I became complacent. Then they send me to Japan, the big injury. Bischoff delivers a shot heard around the damn world. Steve Austin's out of the high-paying job. All of a sudden, the phone starts ringing off the hook. It's ECW. It's the WWE. It's all Japan. It's New Japan. And all Steve Austin's got to do is make a decision. Todd Gordon, whether he mortgaged his house one time, two times, maybe three times, came up with the right figure for Steve Austin to make a decision. I stroll into the ECW arena. It's the biggest piece of crap I've ever seen. I broke in in a building called the Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas, home of the world-famous Von Erichs. Anybody that was anybody stepped foot in a Dallas Sportatorium. For the last two years, all you've heard about anywhere in wrestling is the famous ECW arena. Debut night, I roll in, you've got the Sandman, you've got the Raven, you've got the Pit Bulls, you've got Stevie Richards, you've got the Public Enemy, you got the gangsters, you got Mikey Wickrip, whatever the hell his name is. You got a bunch of damn misfits running around thinking that they can actually wrestle. All I've seen in ECW is a bunch of violent crap. And that's exactly what I'll call it because that's what it is. Steve Austin is here to wrestle. It's what I do best. It's what I do better than anybody in the world. Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, they got the big send-off. Tears were in everybody's eyes. It was a big deal. All Steve Austin got was a good swift kick in the ass as Bischoff hung up the phone and left me high and dry. There's no Hogan's here. There's no flares here. There's not a Dusty Rhodes. And there damn sure isn't an Eric Bischoff here. There's no one that can hold back Steve Austin now. Stunning, tossed it out the window. Never was meant to be. ECW is going to find out firsthand what Steve Austin can do. And I'm going to show everybody here exactly what a true superstar is supposed to do. What a true superstar is supposed to be. Because no one here can hold me back. Not Todd Gordon. Not Hulk Hogan. Not Eric Bischoff. Nobody. I'm going to be the superstar that I always knew that I could be because there's no one 
no one in ECW that can stop me. Oh, hell yeah. Right there, man. And that's the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. I mean, that promo is fucking classic. We played that's all that he on... was missing there. Right. Yeah, we, we played, played that to end, to run out the show. Uh, right? No, we played we played it during our first episode. On the bottom oh. of the wrestling cast. I thought we played it again recently. Maybe I just watched it again recently. Oh, uh, maybe. But no, it was definitely part of episode one, because we kind of just gave a quick rundown of WCW and ECW before getting to Ringmaster. That promo's badass. Love it. Now we got some wrestling to watch. Yeah. I think well we got a good amount of promos too. But <laughs> and the wrestling we are gonna watch isn't that good. Taz versus Jason, Cactus versus the Puerto Rican. Hey, should be a good show nonetheless. Right. Hey Joey Styles. Now I didn't notice this before. But this is might be the debut, or if not, maybe the second episode where it has this new ECW logo. Not the yellow one, the old yellow one. Who? This guy new? Yeah, it's Lance. Lance right. We saw him on the last one with Tommy stuck his fingers down his mouth. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love strong. Alright, so we got Woman and Sandman talking over the Rolling Stones. Ooh, look at Woman's ass on that ladder. One leg up. Good. Little rump. Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin. Alright, so they're talking about Austin. Music's louder than the promo. Alright, so... Sandman's basically saying, you're not going to use me to revive your career, Steve Austin. Austin's like, no, I am. I'm going to steal your beer drinking. I'm going <laughs> to steal your whole attitude. Oh, look at Taz. <laughs> look like Kurt Angle. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It looks like he's an Olympic athlete. You put me out. You hurt me. You embarrassed me. How did you embarrass me? A week or so ago, I got a chance to meet a childhood hero of mine, the legendary Luthez. Luthez walks in the room, I'm hiding in the corner like a little kid. That ain't me. What am I supposed to do? Oh, hi, Mr. Thez. I'm Taz. You know, the guy who lost to Jason. <laughs> well, no, I ain't doing that. You got to Jason. Hey, Taz, this Jason character, he called you out, now you choked him out. And that's just what I'm going to do. I ain't letting Thez down or myself. And Scorpio? You keep an eye out on the way I choke out Jason, your boy, because you're going down the same way. I love it. Taz with his attitude. Your boy. <laughs> your boy. It's over. This interview's over, man. Good shit. Well, you see what I'm saying, JV, with the background, the ECW logo? That's new. Right? Yeah. Yep. That hasn't been around. That's a different. It looks fresh. Yeah, it's going to be either the second week or the first week of it. Alright, so we're going to get some footage of the Eliminators coming out, like I said earlier, like they're from Mad Max. 
I think it was Rick BB pointed out on Twitter that the easy way to recognize the difference right now between Cronus and Saturn is that Cronus is taller than Saturn. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's the easy way to tell. Is what? Is Cronus is a lot taller than Saturn. Got it, okay. That's the easy way to know the difference. Well, they both have hair still. I think Saturn's going to lose his hair in like a hair match. Because he's already going bald, so he's like, all right, do the hair match for me. Yeah, they even got like the shoulder pads. Yeah. Mad Max shit. There's so many Mad Max teams. Yeah. Mad, uh, Did like another movie come out during this year or something? Yeah. They're probably just riding the wave of the Road Warriors and yeah. shit, so. We had Road Warriors. You had well, obviously demolition. Oh my god, this promo! Like Saturn's acting like Hawk. Yeah, he is. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> We're gonna eliminate you. <laughs> well, <laughs> well. So yeah, demolition. You had the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom. Um. The Powers of Pain, which was Warlord and Barbarian, which was that same style. Powers of Pain were used in NWA yep. initially right. as like the rivals of the Road Warriors, and they were based off of that. But everything I ever hear, like people will say that it's like, oh, they're knockoffs from like Road Warriors or or Mad Max. But they never bring up that the names are actually what really shows you that they are knockoffs because warlords and barbarians are what the characters were in those movies. You had the series of warlords that controlled the different regions throughout the land of Mad Max. And then there were also you know, barbarian characters, you know, barbaric. So the names strictly came from there too. That never gets mentioned. Warlords and Barbarians. Alright, so right now we go to the Steiners, who, they could have fucking been Mad Max characters, <laughs> just as themselves. <laughs> and they cut a promo, talking bullshit. Hi. Oh, sorry, fuel time. I want to see the box. I get my own intimate little segment in which you can write in and I'll answer any questions you have on male or female relationships. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, I want to hear what these questions are. Are we going to get? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't looked ahead. I don't remember ever hearing anything special. I don't know. I feel like it didn't last long. But Beulah's box is open for us. And here we have red-faced. Bill Afonso yelling, but Joey cuts him off. Oh, I need to know the name of that Michael Richards character from, <laughs> from Problem Child. It's like mini version. Alright, so he's yelling at Taz, which he'll be the biggest supporter of Taz in the future. He'll be Taz's man. Jason attacks Taz from behind. Taz is wearing a t-shirt. Taz looks like he's the kind of guy who went to the beach doesn't want to take his shirt off before he goes in the water. Fucking wearing a little t-shirt. Or is that a cookout? Pool party. 
Ah, I'm wearing my t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got, like, the bathing suit on underneath, but ah, I'm wearing a t-shirt the whole time. Which has been me numerous times. Oh! Taz mission. Jason submitted before Taz even brought him down to the mat. Jason's like, I'm fucking out of here. Fuck this. Alright, so the Kata Hajdame, as it will be called, Taz Mission, was locked onto Jason. This might be the debut of that move. Jason swings, <laughs> they're showing a replay. Jason swings and misses with a punch and gets locked in, he gets tapped out quick. It reminds me of the story we told a few weeks back when we were at the casino and <laughs> yeah. we were all fucking around. <laughs> and Dan swung and then I put him into the sleep. In the million dollar like dream. I hate that I didn't see that. Well, I probably saw it. I just forgot. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I want, I want to see that. <laughs> Taz said he's going to get his hands on Jason's big bubble ass. Hey, what's going on here? I'm going to get my hands on your yeah, what, ass. What's going on here? <laughs> enough of that, eh? <laughs> Don't need to know about bubble asses here. Alright, so Michael Richards' character in Problem Child is Martin Martin Beck. It was like a serial killer or something, right? Yeah. Or a bank robber, maybe. Gets out of jail, steals the dude's wife. She like, falls in love with him. <laughs> He's such a sleazeball, too. John Ritter gets punked by Michael Richards, basically. <laughs> that was right as Seinfeld was kicking off. 1990. I think the first episodes were in 88, late 88 or something, but... Nobody knew who he was at the time. My neck, my throat. Jack Jason. Still a pussy, though. <laughs> See? Go, message out there. Doesn't matter how jacked you are. If you're a pussy, doesn't matter. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you can get as jacked as you want. It doesn't change the mindset in your head. Hush, hush, hush. Shut up, please. Why are you saying please? You're healed. Oh, he's a pussy heel, so it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> too much, yeah, too pussy, though. So, you know how we used to call him, like, Rick the Model Motel, Jason the Model? Yeah, yeah. Motel, whatever. I had recently seen an episode, I think it was an early Raw in 93. It was Rick Motel versus Jason Knight. <laughs> wow, come on. Yeah. It was right before he was in ECW, he was doing the job matches on WWF. Look, oh, that's perfect. That's where he learned to steal it from uh, Mattel. I'm going to be like Rick Mattel. <laughs> Who the fuck's this geek in the ring? Alright, so we get Jason Knight with a mask guy. A skinny-ass mask wrestler. That's going to be revealed to be somebody? I didn't look I don't at know. any notes. No. I didn't put any notes on it.
Yeah, I don't know who that is. You couldn't build a house of cards. But whoever this guy is, the mask guy, he went all out and getting gear. He got he got matching boots and tights. Oh, so this is El Puerto Ricano, the Puerto Rican. Who, I don't know if he's actually Puerto Rican. He, he looks like a white guy in a mask. <laughs> so let me uh, see if I can find a quick blurb about this guy. It should be like Billy Kidman or something. It looks like him. If I don't get to it right now, then Rick Beebe... Or is it Sean Walton? That is now. Did the mask come off? Yeah, I don't know who that is. And the face looks familiar, but I don't know who it is. Do you? No. Oh. Punta, he called eh, it. Maybe he is Puerto Rican. Was he like... Uh, but I remember a Puerto Rican doesn't wear a mask. So, yeah, maybe... Maybe he debuted with the mask and that was it. <laughs> Oh, he is. He's uh, Pablo Marquez. That's all he ever was, was a Puerto okay. Rican. He was in WWF as Babu. Babu that was, um... Oh, no, yeah. Was he a manager or something? Yeah, he was the manager servant of, of Tiger uh, Ali. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> Remember him? Yeah. So that's why he looks a little familiar. Wow. That was a yeah. impressive... He jumped off the top rope, landed on Jason outside the ring. Yeah, Babu used to have to do, like, the stupid shit that Tiger Ali didn't want to do. And, like, those little segments. Yeah, he was, like, a little lackey. Oh shit, alright, so we now cut to Fan Cam. What's going on here on the Fan Cam? The Raven. Oh, then we just. That was weird. Yeah, it was. So they just showed Raven on the Fan Cam, but now they cut to a match. It's El Porto Rocano without his mask now. Mask is gone, so fuck it. <laughs> and he's taking on Cactus Jack. And. Cactus is going to take the mic. Oh, Raven's in the ring with this match. Okay. Due to his allegiance with Raven. uses I'm a former champion to get heat. <laughs> yeah. 
I used to be a winner. I was the champion. Yeah. It's like I was in our belt league. I was the champion. Yeah. Doesn't matter anymore. Fuck off. <laughs> no one wants to hear it. I'm a three-time champion, by the way. Hey, did you see my uh, name change? No. I went from being, you know, demolition, right, for all these years. Yep. But now I'm on a journey to take that belt back from Brian, current champion. So now I've switched from demolition to the repo man. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so now demolition smash as the repo man. <laughs> oh shit, this match is fucking wild already. A Porto Rocanio doing some nice dive spot. He's outside the ring. And he's not in good shape at this point now. His cactus is on the second rope and looks like he's about to do a elbow drop. But no. No. He's not going to do it. And why is he not going to do it? Hmm. Because oh, the it's fans. Right. The fans yeah. want it. <laughs> he doesn't want to appease the fans. <laughs> the fans were all like hyped for him to do it. He just said nah. That's awesome. I love that. That's so, that's so smart. Such a good gimmick. Yep, Cactus Jack's just doing wrestling, old wrestling. The headlock, doing a rest hold. You want the fans to love you? Give them what you not. Give them what they want. Well, don't give them what they want, rather. Then they'll want you back. It's true. Hey, I don't mind seeing Cactus in a little wrestling match. Showing off his chops. Hey, I can still do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I learned. Well, he's going to be more of like a mat wrestler now. Yeah. For a little while. Until he loses his mind and goes crazy again, I'm sure. Oh, the fans are doing the wave. They don't appreciate what's going on in the ring. So lame. Cockheads. I hate even being a part of that when I'm at a show. I know. It's like, don't make me do this. Yeah. At wrestling, I never like it. At baseball, I don't mind it because there are all those lulls. Yeah, because baseball's slow. <laughs> it's like, I think right. I do it at baseball. That's the only place that happens, though, is like baseball and wrestling now. I don't remember ever that, seeing that happen in a Celtics game recently. No, never. That's the great thing about a Celtics game is they got so much shit going on all yeah. the time. Like, yeah, the music playing now and is, shit. Yeah. It's like a concert. They got music playing. They got... Every time there's a break, there's something on the big screen for you to look at going on. Yeah. You know, whether it be trivia, a kiss cam, you know, a bunch of different bullshit. Audio clips. They'll they'll show the clips of um, Gino dancing. <laughs> Gotta be dancing, yeah. <laughs> All that shit. I'm surprised by this match right now we're watching, though. I'm when I saw this in the notes, that it was going to be Cactus Jack versus basically a Jabba. I was like, yeah. What can this be? But it's great. Cactus Jack just tossed 
El Porto Ricano outside of the ring. And he's apologizing to the ref. Like, oh, I didn't mean to do it. That was Molyneux. Jim Molyneux. Yep. And meanwhile, though, while Cactus was talking to the ref, Raven DDT'd El Porto Ricano on the, on the floor, on the concrete. And now Cactus Jack rolls him up with a pin. <laughs> he's going to win with a roll-up. <laughs> a fucking roll-up. That's it. heel. That's heel heat right there. He doesn't even do a double arm DDT or anything. He just rolls him up. That the, was horrible. The crowd's booing. Joey Styles saying, this is horrible. And like JV said, this is awesome. This is awesome heel heat. All right. Raven wants Cactus to do more damage. Cactus like, nah, I'm all set. I won. I'm done. Well, Raven, I guess, influenced him. Now Cactus is attacking the Puerto Rican. It's funny, when you say the Puerto Rican, it sounds like you shouldn't be saying that. As opposed to saying the wrestling name, El Puerto Ricano. That's probably why his name is El Puerto Ricano, instead of saying the Puerto Rican. El Americano. American. They're just fucking him up. They tossed him outside of the ring. Raven's got a thrust, uh, thirst for the blood here. He's beating the hell out of him. As Cactus looks on, Tommy Dreamer jumps into the ring and attacks Cactus. Raven notices real quick, gets back in the ring. Jeez, Tommy Dreamer's hip tosses Cactus Jack. DDT to Raven. Tommy Dream is clearing house. Another DDT to Cactus. Tommy Dreamer looking strong here. Look at the crowd happy that shit's happening. <laughs> but this crowd reaction wouldn't be so great if it wasn't for Cactus Jack's yeah. methods in the match. Yep. Especially um, the end. That was freaking right. a roll up. Like, come on. All right, keeping them from the hardcore action, and then, all right, here it is. Here's the hardcore action after the match. We had a guy in the front row. He had two trash lids. Luckily, those didn't come into play. Tommy got a chair, and he was about to nail Cactus Jack off the, off the ring apron, Cactus Jack style, but Raven knocked him off the apron. So Tommy Dreamer took a fall to the ground and Raven stands in the ring gives his little pose heads on out and it looks like Cactus and Raven are going to continue the brutality on Tommy Dreamer where's well, our boy Stevie come. yeah say someone's got to show up here well someone's got to help Tommy right? right exactly that's what I think who the hell would be helping Tommy Jeez, those are vicious. I like those kind of punches. Yeah, those quick little I hate punches. They, I hate when sloppy punches are thrown. Yeah, I like the short punches. They look better. Yeah. And it looked like they work because Tommy's busted open. 
Uh oh. Raven's got a chair now in the ring. Tommy lays in the middle of the mat. The will of Raven and Cactus. No one has made their way out to help. Tommy have no friends. Cactus telling Raven not to give the DDT onto the steel chair. Raven doesn't care. He's going to nail him with the steel chair. Raven gives the chair to Cactus saying, do it. Do it. Is Cactus going to give in? Nope. Whew, Cactus just tosses it down, and now Raven's pushing. This is intriguing. Very. Is he gonna, like, there's got to be a payoff here. Is Cactus going to nail Raven with the chair? Nope, we're just not going to do nothing. All right, so he drops it. Oh, double arm DDT to Tommy on the chair. So he gave in to the violence. Gave in to Raven. Raven's basically like a Charles Manson cult character here. Getting people to do shit they don't really want to do. Or they may want to do, but don't have the balls without the influence. And now Raven's going to go for double arm DDT. Nails Tommy on the chair again. And Tommy is getting an ass beating. And I didn't know this was coming. Oof. This is good. And we're building here to the October 7th show. We'll get a rematch for the titles with Raven and Stevie versus the Pitbulls. That's it. Oh, someone oh, threw Bob Wire. Oh, Cactus just tossed Bob Wire into the ring. And now Raven's getting a chair. Oh, is this one of those like iconic moments that I've seen before? Oh, maybe. We got an elbow drop with nope. Bob Wire. So dick. Shit. Tommy is getting effed up here. Raven's about to set up a table. Cactus still got that barbed wire wrapped around him, around his arm, and his elbow. Is Cactus going to go to the top rope and elbow drop? That's what it looks like. Tommy's set up on the table. Cactus goes to the second rope. Crashes down. Breaks the table. Barbed wire through Tommy Dreamer's chest. Wow. This is hardcore. Oh, finally. Finally. Finally, finally like the pitfalls. Like, it's not a big venue. Right. Fuck, well, do you realize that's when you finally realized that was enough? What are they doing? Fucking getting blowjobs from Francine backstage and they... Yeah, right. Couldn't stop until they... Couldn't stop until they... <laughs> you know what I mean. Couldn't stop until they get enough. <laughs> finally, pitfalls. Thank you. Tommy Jr. just got his ass beaten. Now you show up. I don't know why we didn't think of the Pitbulls as being the ones that would make the save. <laughs> as moments ago, I said, oh, there's going to be a rematch between the Pitbulls and Raven and Stevie. Makes sense that Francine's not out there, though. She's worn out at this point. All right, so update from Joey. 
We will have word on the condition of Tommy Dreamer before this program. What the uh -oh. fuck? That was cool. maniacal. Uh, let's hear this. <laughs> The fuck is he saying? <laughs> he doesn't know what to say. Joey Styles wants to bust out laughing. Wait, did you prepare at all for this? No, he just came out and said, ah, we got videos, people get hurt. Ah, I like videos, people get hurt. Ah. I'm a champion. I don't care about people. Alright, Hype Central with Lance Wright. New segment. It's like the old Maddie segments. Maddie in the house! Ah, Maddie! Alright, so he's just hyping an upcoming show for the October 28th, which is still a way out. Why are we hyping this match? I mean, every time Tommy will get Cactus in trouble... Raven's gonna jump in. Every time Tommy has a match, Raven and Cactus make it their business to get involved. So who can Tommy get to offset the tandem of Raven and Cactus? Who will Tommy get that will wanna face up to Raven and then even say he gets by Raven, who in their right mind would wanna face up to Cactus Jack? We can't hype this match. I'm not gonna hype this no, match. No, just hyped it by talking about it. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer. Raven and Cactus Jack promo. The left you in tonight was a result. All right, let's listen and try to make some sense out of Raven. Years ago, you and I walked side by side, best friends. But when I needed you the most, you were not there. Now Cactus Jack needs you for a higher purpose. And you're not there for him either. So Cactus Jack and I walk side by side. As the true friends you and I should have been. Tommy, I hope you understand that you had to be hurt tonight. Because my words apparently were not getting through to you. And a show of force, unfortunately, became necessary. But I pity you, Tommy, lying there in a weakened state because I didn't realize just how into your brain these hardcore fans had gotten. You see, I took it for granted that one show of force would be enough that you'd see the way and you'd walk down the path to righteousness. So I don't blame you for the sins that they've committed, for the way they've clouded your mind. But Tommy, nonetheless, you had to be hurt. I don't think the people fully understand what I'm going through here. I don't think the people truly understand what kind of crosses powerful righteous men like us need to carry. You see, Tommy, sometimes when the world and you in particular have got me down, I will tune my television set into WTBS turn the volume down and let the basking rays of their good and moral programming rain all over <laughs> me. And as I lie in a meditative state, awaiting my next move, awaiting my next challenge, 
I fell asleep, Tommy, and woke up to realize that it had all come to pass, that all my suffering had been worth it. And not only was Tommy Dreamer a member of World Championship Wrestling, he was their tag team champion. But as I wiped the sleep from my eyes, I realized it was not Tommy Dreamer holding those belts. They were exact replicas. Tommy, how long do you think the higher minds at World Championship Wrestling were going to wait for you? They are the big boys in our sport for a simple reason. When they see something they like, they go after it. And if they can't get it, They'll create their own. But that very thought is the thing that keeps me going. You see, Tommy, it's not all through for you. Because, oh, the magic that those minds can weave. You see, what your mother and father told you about being anything you want in this world, well, it may not be true most of the time. But in the magical land of WCW, you truly can be anything you want to be. I've seen it all a hundred times, Tommy, the magic they can weave. I've seen a tough Jewish kid from Brooklyn become a black man from Macon. I've seen a farm kid from <laughs> Nebraska be become an overnight rap star Damn sensation. <laughs> I've seen a kid from New Hampshire become a Frenchman. Triple H. One particular wrestler who went through five different incarnations before finding himself the heavyweight champion of the world. And though he may be that champion in an entirely different federation, I think if you asked him, he would admit that it was the love, compassion, and monetary compensation he received while part of the WCW family that brought him to where he is today. I'm not going to underscore ECW because there are some dramatic changes that go on there as well. Oh, yeah. Take the Rotten Brothers. Two naive kids with fake English accents suddenly becoming start for life mutant freaks. Where are they now? They don't even have a job. Take your beloved Mikey Whipwreck. Mikey Whipwreck went from being one of the nicest people I'd ever met to a bumbling fool. You want a challenge in your life, then I challenge you. To have a meaningful 10-word conversation with Mikey Whipwreck. It can't be done. He's had too many concussions. His brain has turned to jello. You know, it might be real cute now to root for underdog Mikey on his quest for the championship. But wait five years. When he can't hold a job, 30-year-old Mikey... 40-year-old Mikey, senile old man Mikey, and the ECW fans are causing his demise. And then there's Tommy Dreamer. Maybe the most stunning transformation of them all. A man on the helm of superstardom, a good-looking kid reduced to a bloodthirsty, woman-abusing person on a roller coaster trip straight to hell unless I step in and save the day and Tommy Dreamer you're making that very difficult but you better be thankful that Cactus Jack underwent a transformation of his own but it wasn't WCW it wasn't ECW it's because one man had the courage the strength and the compassion to open my eyes
And so I'm saying, Mommy, the situation is more serious than you would assume. WCW is a proud organization. They've got a reputation for family values. And they can't afford to have a woman abusing man screwing up their TV syndication. So Tommy, time is of the essence, and that's why, not because I harbor any hatred for you, but much to the contrary, I love you, man, can't you see that? And I'm trying to save your spiritual life, but you're making it so damn hard. You want proof of what hardcore wrestling can do? And you ask me, well, Cactus, if you love the place so much, why don't you go back? I can't, Tommy. It's all over for me. I'm trying to save you. Can't you see that once ECW gets a hold of you for too long, you become ruined merchandise. You're no longer marketable. They don't want to start freak like Cactus Jack. Too much emotional baggage. And I don't deserve to be forgiven for the insensitive comments I made to Mr. Turner, for the foolish behavior I showed to my dearest Uncle Eric, I deserve to deal in the depth of this hell on earth that you call ECW. So, Tommy, they tell us we got a match October 28th. I don't think so, because I'm counting on your knowledge and just one little bit of common sense to prevail and understand that we're the only friends you've got. It's not those people chanting for your blood. It's these two people praying for your soul. Grant me that serenity, Tommy Dreamer. He's got like the trilogy of Cactus Jack promos. That was sick. Three amazing promos on our coverage. I like how he leans on Raven. Raven just kind of comforts him a little. Yep. That was good shit. Oh, man. This is a fucking tour de force of Cactus Jack. All right, so now we're going to a clip. We got Tommy Dreamer talking to Joey Styles. Let's try to listen and see what's going on here. And Tommy's all wrapped up and bruised up from beatdown that he just had. Oh. Tommy's announcing that Terry Funk is coming back and is going to be with him in his corner. Right, I guess that's the October 28th show that they just kind of hyped. And Lance Wright said he's not going to hype it. Oh, oh, that's an old clip of Cact- of uh, Terry Funk blowing the the flame off his Brandon Iron. That wraps things up. Crazy episode. I wasn't anticipating. It was a good episode. It it started with an amazing promo. Right. And then ended with a fantastic promo. Yeah, this is a fucking go-to episode. Match stuff wasn't too bad. No, not at all. We got Taz as Taz, finally. You know, being himself, cutting a nice promo, taking Jason out in seconds with the Taz mission. Got the Hajime. Awesome promo from Austin, like you said. Awesome promo from fucking Cactus Jack. But even the Cactus Jack-El Porto Recanio match, that was pretty good. And also, the whole idea of Cactus saying, fuck you to the fans. Like, I'm not giving you any hardcore shit in this match. Go fuck yourself. But then after the match, it gets hardcore because 
because uh, Raven gets in there and they start just beating the shit out of him. And then finally the pitbulls come in. So that's all shit I wasn't anticipating. Man, that's a that was a fun episode. October tenth. That's that's one a of long, the better ones long. we've watched. Yeah, October tenth for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Hope this is a sign of shit to come. I mean, yeah, we've been on a good stretch of good stuff going on. Oh, yeah. On. I mean, like, yeah, I hope it... Nothing to complain it, like, about. No, but I want to keep the trajectory. Yeah. Because now, you know, they kind of... This was a really good episode, so... I mean, that, things definitely probably keep going up, I would say, because throughout 96 and into 97 is when they finally get on pay-per-view, so... Yeah, this has got to be the point where they're starting to become more mainstream and known at this point, late 95 into 96. So, yeah, things just continue to get better. Just continue to get better at this point. All right, we're going to take a quick little break. We'll be back with the ECW wrap-up. All right, we're back now for the Extreme ECW Livecast wrap-up. And what we'll have coming to you in two weeks, we are going to cover the next two weeks, October 17th and October 24th of 1995, episodes 130 and 131 of ECW Hardcore TV. As we're building up to that, I guess that's the next big show. We got October 28th, big match coming up with Tommy Dreamer and Cactus Jack. Well, looks like some good stuff to come. Hopefully more Steve Austin to come here in the weeks building up. I know the next Supercard is not until November. It's going to be November to Remember of 95. And that's considered to be one of the best ECW Supercard shows that there is. It's November to Remember 95. So looking forward to building up to that. And also check us out on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. As I said, our most recent episode, or our latest episode that's going to be available this week, is the Stunning Steve Austin debut episode. A special series on Stunning Steve Austin covering the summer of 1991 when he makes his debut, which is in late May. We're going to cover through August. So check that out on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. On the chronological end of things, we are in April of 2014. That's episode 152, Tough Enough, where we covered April 2011 through April 2014. So check out the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. Follow us on Twitter at Bottom Line Cast. Once again, follow me, Mike Pru, at MPRUA3. Follow JV at John Van Damage. And please follow us on Twitter at the Extreme Cast. Any comments and thoughts that you have about this episode, please put them over there. And we'd love to be involved with the listeners. So please reach out. JV, we're going to wrap things up. Any final words here? Nope. All right. We are heading out of here. Like I said, we're going to play Stone Cold. Not Stone Cold. I keep fucking calling him Stone Cold. <laughs> but now he's known as the Superstar, right? Superstar. The superstar. Steve Austin, and his entrance music in ECW is Jesus Christ Superstar. So take a listen to that, and enjoy yourself. We'll be back in two weeks with the rest of October, October 17th and 24th of 1995. So long.